everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. My wife went to the game on Sunday. I have a lot of friends who went to the game. None of them stayed for the entire thing. Uh, I had people tell me they've never seen such a mass exodus during the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And listen, fans have every right to be disappointed and even disgusted by that performance. They spend their money. They spend their time. They they had high expectations. But from a, a former general manager and team president perspective, what does a blowout loss at this juncture of the season actually mean? Well, truly, it means one game, as Kirk Cousins likes to tell us. But I always felt, and, and people would say to me, wouldn't you rather just get blown out so you don't have to agonize over a last-second loss? And I would always say no, <laughs> because, as you said, our fans are paying good money to, to go to games and buy tickets, and and you want the fans to, to have a good experience and, a, and an exciting game, even if it ends up on the short end. And so, no, I never felt it was better to get blown out or get beat by two or three touchdowns or four or 37 points in this case. I always preferred a close game. And it's just I think the, the big disappointment with the Dallas game, it, it's not a shock that the Vikings lost to a talented Cowboys team that has beaten them three straight years in Minnesota. And the Vikings came in with a four and a half game lead in the division and a two game lead for the number two seed. And, and certainly coming off the high of the Buffalo game, there could have been a little bit of letdown. I think it's not a shock to lose other than the fact that Dallas had lost to Green Bay the previous week and Green Bay had lost five in a row. But it is the NFL. Things happen. I think the big surprise was seeing an 8-1 and one team coming off seven straight one-score victories beaten so badly in the trenches on both sides of the ball and losing by 37 points at home. And as you said, not only the fans leaving early fourth quarter, but so did the Vikings starters <laughs> for the yeah. most part which may end up being a good thing for them. <clears throat> they might be a tad bit fresher than New England coming up on Thanksgiving night because the Patriots had to go down to the wire on Marcus Jones' 84-yard punt return to win the game against the Jets. But it just was really disappointing performance <clears throat> on so many levels. And we're going to talk about Justin Jefferson's comments. We're going to talk about just how the coaches did not adjust in the game. And I think all of those are valid points. 
He's Jeff Diamond. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. It's one of our two NFL and Viking shows on the network, along with the Viking Update show. We've got tons of other content, every sport covered, including the Gophers, Dave Lee's show, variety shows, outdoor content. Check it all, all out at TalkNorth.com. You can also find the archives of our shows. Best way to listen to this show, if you like it, or any other show you like on the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. You can also, as long as Twitter is alive, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See the shows and notifications about our live shows as they come up. Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so I think so many NFL fans try to identify emotions as the cause of uh, anything that happens and certainly anything surprising that happens. I'm much more of a matchup t- and timing uh, person. I think this is just a terrible matchup between uh, – I think the Vikings thought they could run their normal offense against the best pass rush in the NFL, and they found out very quickly they couldn't. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. And I think that furthermore, it was just a, a bad game plan going in. Uh, certainly, they wanted to run the ball. We knew that. Uh, Dallas had given up over, over 200 yards rushing the prior two games to the Bears and the Packers. <clears throat> so it certainly was logical for Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips to want to run the ball. And they had some success early running the ball. They just gave up on it a little too soon. And then they got so far behind that it doesn't make much sense to run the ball. I think the big mistake in this game strategically, <clears throat> especially on offense, was the fact that that they didn't go to the short passing game when it was obvious that, that Dallas's front four was dominating the game against the Vikings offensive line. And so there are things you can do with quick flanker screens to Jefferson with quick slants with screens. And we just didn't see a lot of that happening in this ball game, which was really surprising because I think this is a, a smart coaching staff and I don't know if they, whatever, for whatever reason, they just thought they could, as you said, run the regular offense keep trying to do five-step drops, seven-step seven step drops, and it just was not working. They had to go to that short passing game. I can't believe they didn't adjust, and they sure as heck better do it this week because it's a similar type of challenge up front, even worse with Christian Derrissaw out, even though he ended up leaving in the second quarter against Dallas, but now he's out, and, and Blake Brandell will be starting First of all, they better help him against Matthew Judon, who is leading the NFL in sacks, perhaps even a bigger threat than Micah Parsons. I don't know that anybody's a bigger threat than Micah Parsons. He's a phenomenal player. But they certainly better double Judon wherever he goes. And they've got other great pass rushers on that New England team. You know Belichick's going to be coming after Cousins very hard. And so I expect to see a lot of early screens, a lot of early quick passes out on the flank. One thing we also know, Jim, is Bill Belichick will always, his MO is to take away the other team's best player and take away what they do best. And so Jefferson is going to see constant double teams in this particular game. He's going to see Devin McCourty helping the corner almost every snap. So what do you do? Throw it to him quick. Let him run in space, as Justin said on Monday in his press conference, and and he certainly pulled did not pull any punches, which is a little surprising <laughs> because we know there's been a lot of kumbaya going on at Vikings headquarters this year, 
and and we all often wondered what's going to happen when they have a bad loss. Well, that's kind of what happens. I think that O'Connell is trying to to cut it off at the pass pretty quickly and say, hey, I'm talking to Justin all the time. I've talked to him every day this week. So we will see. I I also think strategically there were a couple things that that I thought they could have done differently. If you go into a game where you want to run the ball against a team that had difficulty, and I think they were number 29 against the rush, where where is C.J. Ham? He's your Pro Bowl fullback, and he only gets two snaps in the game. That doesn't make sense to me. I know that they love the, the three-receiver offense and, and two tight ends or whatever the case may be, but C.J. is a, a, a great lead blocker for Dalvin Cook. We, we can see what, for example, the 49ers, how they use uh, check their great fullback, and I think that that's something that they need to look at going forward, <clears throat> especially when they want to run the ball, get C.J. in the ball game more often. Heck, he scored a touchdown in Buffalo on, on, a, on a real cool fake toss inside trap play. C.J. is a, good, a really good football player, and I think they can use him more it, this is going to be a really interesting matchup with New England. I think defensively, the difference this week is that the Patriots do not have the firepower on offense that Dallas brought. <clears throat> New England ranks 25th in total offense, 24th in the passing game. Max Jones has only four TD passes this year, seven interceptions. I think that this is a game that <clears throat> they really need to lean on their defense the defense has to play much better. And there are some injury issues on the defensive side, too. I think Zadarius Smith is a guy that he's had a fantastic year. We know that. But he's banged up with that knee. And in the Dallas game, had only one tackle, no no pressures, no sacks. Had an opportunity to sack Dak Prescott on the five-yard line and got out of his grasp. That would have been a big play. Would have set up a second and 22 early in the game. So all these things kind of coming to a head and facing, uh, I think, not a similar challenge offensively, but certainly uh, offensively, yes, not defensively, because the New England offense is just not as good as Dallas. Thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. Uh it's almost like you're reading my mind and nobody should be subjected to reading my mind, but you got the good part, which is that I think that CJ Ham, I've been saying all week, CJ Ham, uh, he can help you with stunts. He can help you with chips. He can help you with, uh, blitz pickups. He can be a great lead blocker for Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook loves running behind him. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's a really good player. And the reality is they love the three receiver set. They're not getting much production out of the third receiver. And now that they have Hawkinson in the game, uh, KJ Osborne just isn't going to get that many targets. CJ Ham might get as many targets as, as KJ Osborne, and he can help you in pass protection. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and so I, I think that it will be very interesting to see how they approach this game. And New England is not as good against the run, but they're still top half of the league against the run, so they're better than Dallas. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The defense really needs to step up. They need to rush the passer a lot better than they did against Prescott, who had all day to throw and very little pressure. And I think part of that, too, was the fact that Sedaria Smith is banged up. But 
for for Dak to sit back there and go twenty two or twenty five, that really can't happen. And if they run into Dallas in the playoffs, they're going to have to figure out a lot of things to do differently to get more pressure on him, whether it's blitzing him more often, and certainly defensively, don't be covering Tony Pollard with Jordan Hicks one on one. Tony Tony Pollard is one of the most elusive backs in the league. That made no sense, and. And on, on Pollard's first touchdown, there was nobody in, in, in the vicinity of him. I, I understand C.D. Lamb is the game breaker there, but they got to figure out a way to to make sure they handle Pollard too, if they run into Dallas in the playoffs, which is possible. Although I, I think the way the seeds could be setting up, it may be more likely that perhaps first round they could get Seattle, for example, as the last wild card if they're the second seed. And if they beat Seattle here, then I think the 49ers would probably be the next team coming in as a three seed, which would be a a difficult game. But perhaps Dallas may be even stronger than San Francisco. And maybe Dallas is the team that matches up with Philly second round. Getting way ahead of ourselves, of course. But I love to look at playoff possibilities, playoff matchups. And I think the key is hang on to that number two seed where you can get one and maybe up to three home playoff games. That's the formula the Vikings need to do. And I think that's part of the reason this game against New England really sets up as an important game to find a way to win somehow, some way. And I think the formula is going to be play better defense, get more heat on the, on the, on, on Mac Jones and their passing game, shut down their running game. They got a couple good backs and, and Damian Harris and, and, and Stevenson got a couple good tight ends a lot of things are going to happen in this game but I think the defense has to carry the day it kind of reminds me Jim of the Washington game where the Vikings had difficulty moving the ball against against the commanders front four I I think New England is going to be a similar type of challenge for the Vikings offense and that's why the defense needs to step up as they did in that Washington game and force a couple turnovers they had no takeaways against Dallas for the first time all year and they, and they still are one of the top teams in the league at takeovers, that's the way that they can win this game and going forward. I want to talk more about J.J.'s comments. I also want to talk about the pecking order in the NFC, which you started you started getting into there. I think it's really fascinating what's happened the last couple of weeks. Uh, for now, though, uh, before we get to J.J. and the NFC and Aaron Rodgers' contract and all that stuff, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I'm always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You will see the Black Friday sales event now through November 30th. $5,000 off MSRP with rates as low as 3.9% APR up to 72 months plus no payments for 90 days on all GMC Crew Cab 1500s. Also, you'll see 3.99% APR on 2022 Buick SUV models and 3.9% on Sierra 1500s and GMC terrains with great purchase allowances and no monthly payments until 2023. Explore the GMC Sierra HD, 
The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to longtime sponsor Platinum Bank. Always happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities execs to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So did you uh, feel like there were any red flags in Justin Jefferson's press conference, or was it just you know, another case of a receiver speaking his mind? Justin certainly started out by saying the right stuff in terms of we got to be better as a team and, and we've got to be able to uh, make the plays and all that. And then, and then he kind of couldn't help himself and, and went on to say we've got to move more quickly to a quick passing game. If things aren't working, we have to adjust – and and that was a kind of a shot at, at the coaching staff. And and so, as I said, he also said we got to get the taste out of our mouths and it's good to be playing on a Thursday, which I think is all correct. So it, it was a little bit surprising, but not totally surprising in a game where he just didn't have enough targets. And I, I think I'm sure Kevin and he said, hey, I, I'm having conversations with Justin. So the proof will be how do they adjust this week when things, if they do go south and even next week against the Jets, who also are a strong pass rushing team. So the next couple of weeks are very challenging. Surprising? Not necessarily. And I'm, I'm sure that Justin will be a little more careful perhaps in his comments going forward, but maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Because, because I guess, if anybody can speak their mind, it's your best player. <laughs> yeah, he's their best player, and they're going to have to try to sign him to another contract. So he has all the leverage. Yeah, he certainly does. And then that's definitely true. Let's get into the NFC. It, you know, the Eagles have been the dominant team in the conference. Uh, they have had a couple of bad weeks in a row. The Vikings uh, kept on winning close games. Now they've been blown out. And I look around the NFC, and I, I think if you weren't looking strictly at records, you would you might think that the 49ers and the Cowboys are the scariest teams in the conference at the moment. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that Dallas right now looks better than, than Philly, and they're going to play in a couple weeks down in Dallas. So I, I certainly wouldn't rule out the Cowboys having a chance to, to win the NFC East. I, I do think that they are overall the best team in the division, even though, even though the Eagles beat them in the first game. But I think, I think the Cowboys are a better team now than they were. But they also are a little schizophrenic, as we saw in their game in Green Bay. And can they stay focused and do the stuff that they need to do? We know that Micah Parsons fired out on them last week after the Green Bay game because of their run defense. 
And so if teams can run on them better than the Vikings did and stick with the run as the Vikings did not do because they got so far behind and they got out of it too early, it still could be a problem for Dallas, which I think also sets up, you talk about the NFC and San Francisco, wow, they, they were impressive against Arizona down in Mexico City. I think they should get to 7-4 and four on Sunday with a win over the Saints. The, I think the Seahawks just are clearly not in their class, and uh, they, they have a, another matchup coming up up in Seattle in a couple weeks, which will be a little more difficult for, for San Francisco. But San Francisco did beat them the first time, so right now they're leading the division on the tiebreaker. But the 49ers, to me, they've got a ton of talent, but, but they also have an issue potentially, can Jimmy Garoppolo stay healthy, first of all, and can he make the plays in crunch time in a playoff situation, which he didn't do in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? So that's a question mark at quarterback for San Francisco, which is not the place you want to have a question mark necessarily. Now, Jimmy's been playing really well, had four touchdown passes the other night. As far as the rest of the NFC, as we said, we can kiss the Rams goodbye, and, and the Packers probably will be kissed goodbye after they get beat by Philly on Sunday night, most likely. And so the Giants, I don't think they scare anybody right now. And I expect Dallas to probably handle them pretty easily on Thanksgiving. So Seattle, not a great team. And as I said, I think for the Vikings, the scary thing would be if Seattle somehow wins that division, they got to play San Francisco as the as the seventh seed in the first round, that's scary. Tampa Bay, they they're just I I think too banged up on that offensive line. They still have a pretty good defense. They got Brady, but it looks like the Vikings probably would not catch them until potentially an NFC title game, which they'd be happy to get to. The NFC is really interesting, and I just don't know that that I think Philly will hang out of that number one seed, perhaps but maybe Dallas will catch them in the final analysis. I think what's, what's also interesting, Jim, you look at these Thanksgiving Day games this year, and they're kind, it's kind of fun to have a situation where every game has contenders, playoff contenders playing, and that's not always the case on Thanksgiving. And you look at all three games, Buffalo goes to Detroit. Now Detroit has won three straight to get to four and six, so theoretically they're not out of playoff contention necessarily, probably are, and they will be after Buffalo most likely beats them. But the Lions have always been tough on Thanksgiving. Then then the Giants go to Dallas. Both of those teams have winning records, are in contention. And the Vikings and the Patriots are two winning teams in playoff contention. And the Patriots are right in the mix in that AFC at 6-4. and four. So it's, it's kind of fun to have a Thanksgiving day with a lot of really good games and even coming up this weekend, there's some good games. I know we're going to pick a few coming up, but it's a good week in the NFL. It really is. No doubt about it. And we'll get to the pick set for one more topic. I, I, <laughs> I'm amused and somewhat shocked that it is mid November here. And I, the question I see and hear most often from people who are interested in the Packers is, can you trade Aaron Rodgers? So Jeff, can you trade Aaron Rodgers? Do you think they'll try to trade Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> he, that he's contract's probably, a bear. Yeah, he's probably got 
I haven't looked lately, but I'll check it out. And we can talk about it next week. I think he's probably got 30 to $40 million of dead money. So yep. n- not unless they want to take a disaster hit on their salary cap for a year to trade him, that would be really surprising. Un- unless the contract is structured in a way where it's not as big a cap hit. But I, I don't see that happening. Why, why would you want to? He, he's not their problem. He hasn't had a great year, but give him more weapons. And the defense has, has not been as good this year as, as it should be with all the talent that they've got. So I, I certainly think that that the Packers can come back. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy that they should hang on to. Yeah, I don't think they have much choice, but it's just very interesting to hear Packer fans actually contemplating that after defending the guy for so long. Uh, things are not going well over there. Uh, let's get to our picks. Green Bay will be one of our picks. In fact, let's start with that. Uh, the Packers reeling at Philly, who is suddenly struggling at least for the last couple of weeks. Who do you like there? Yeah, I, I like I like the Eagles. I think that the Packers just have too many holes and just not not good karma going on there right now i i wouldn't be surprised on a sunday night national game that that the packers kind of rise up and challenge philadelphia but i think ultimately the eagles will be able to, to put some pressure on rogers and and cover those receivers they've they've got we know they've got a good secondary in philadelphia and a good defense and and that Jalen hurts is kind of the wild card who can make a lot of plays as he did with the winning touchdown run in the last minute against Indianapolis. So I, I would pick Philadelphia definitely to win this game. I, I think that, that Green Bay can keep it close. And I'll expect the Thursday games. Usually we avoid Thursday games. With the Vikings playing on Thursday, we're just going to go all in on the Thanksgiving Day lineup. Buffalo at Detroit. Detroit plays tough on Thanksgiving. They get they get excited about that game. The fans get excited. Buffalo's had kind of a weird period of time where they've missed some practices and now they're on a short week because of the the heavy snow in Buffalo. They found a way to beat a a bad Cleveland team last week. Josh Allen, much more careful with the ball, which I expect to continue this week. I think that the Lions can play them tough and I expect them to play them tough. I think Buffalo wins the game though. Uh, No doubt about it. Now Giants at Dallas. uh, I think this is an easy one to pick, but the real question here is, are the Giants any good? Yeah, I think the Giants are very average, ultimately. This is a game where the Giants are are certainly going to want to run Saquon Barkley at at that Dallas defense heavily. I don't think that they will give up on the run as quickly as the Vikings did. And so the Cowboys are going to have to prove that they can stop Barkley, which they never really stopped Dalvin Cook, by the way. He had 11 carries for 72 yards, 6.5-yard average. He just didn't get enough carries in the game because they got so far behind. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that the Cowboys still win this game by two touchdowns to me because I just think that they will be all over Daniel Jones, make it difficult on him. Although Jones at least can can run a little bit, escape the pocket more so than Cousins, even though Kirk has run on occasion this year. But I, li- I like Dallas by a good 14 points. That all sounds right on. And now the big game, Vikings hosting the Patriots. Uh, so many angles here. Is Mac Jones an NFL quarterback? Can Bill Belichick win big without Tom Brady? Uh, does Matt Pat- Patricia have any idea what he's doing? I mean, the thing, but here's the here's the fascinating thing, Jeff. 
the Vikings are eight and two. They've been one of the stories of the NFL. Their point differential is minus two. The Patriots, we've looked at it as an average team that kind of stuck in the middle, not really rebuilding, not really great. They're six and four. Their point differential is plus 44, and they play in a tougher division. So I'm not sure this is a mismatch. Yeah, I think that that whole thing about the minus two point differential is really kind of absurd because ultimately all that matters is getting the wins. And who cares really what your point differential is? It might be the eighth tiebreaker or something in in playoff formulas. It, It doesn't matter in terms of point differential. And I think that when you look at, at the Vikings and the Patriots in this particular game, I think it's tough to travel on a short week for New England. I think that you look at the fact that the Vikings were able to pull their starters in the fourth quarter almost across the board. A, a couple guys like Brian O'Neill stayed in there, but not too many. Is that a big factor? It's not a big factor. These are young guys. They can they can adjust and, and, and recuperate. But it, it's, a, it's a small itty bitty factor perhaps that new england had to go down to the wire to win that game against the jets in a in a tough game the vikings are at home which should be an advantage the crowd should be amped up it's a night game after thanksgiving they should be well lubricated as we say it's also i think you talk about this time of year who's the more desperate team i think i think both teams obviously want to win for for their playoff seeding and for their playoff possibilities i think the vikings will enter this game as the more desperate team after getting hammered by dallas i think they they need to win to reestablish their credibility as a as a top team that just really had a bad day at the office on sunday against dallas so all those things yeah they're all factors ultimately the injuries enter into the equation new england's banged up on their offensive line too two of their Starting offensive lineman, David Andrews, their captain, their center, he's been limited with a thigh. At first they thought he was maybe out for the year, but it looks like he might play. Isaiah Wynn, a starting guard, he did not practice a couple days this week. So, But meanwhile, with Christian Derrissaw out, and he's had a great year, didn't have a great first quarter and a half against Dallas, but he's had a great year. That That's a problem, definitely, and they've got to help him. So... I think it's it's really a hard game to call. And I, I will say with with apprehension, Jim, <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Vikings in a close one. I I'm gonna say nineteen to sixteen. I think there are a lot of field goals in this game. <laughs> That sounds just about right. That's the way I would pick it too. I just think the Vikings have more talent. They're a better team. Uh they're coming off and I think they'll be embarrassed. I think they, I think they'll be ready for this one. Uh, Patriots will keep it close, but yeah, I agree with you on that one. And of course, we both could be wrong because that's the way picks go. Uh, give us one more thought on the Minnesota Vikings right now. Once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, Platinum Bank, our producer Brian Burnett, and thank you for listening again. Best way to listen: subscribe to your favorite podcast app. All right, Jeff, uh, give us one last thought going into Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I got a couple thoughts. They got to cut down on the penalties. They got to cut down on the drop balls. The, the drop by Hawkinson for an early touchdown was a big play on a perfect throw from Cousins. I think the corner situation is is a concern going into this game. And even if the Patriots aren't as great a passing team, with with the injuries that they have, can a Caleb Evans make it back from concussion protocol? I thought Andrew Booth Jr. wasn't very good in the game, gave up a couple big plays. Uh, 
they, they, they have a couple more weeks before they can get Cam Dantzler back. Hey, Jim, when did we ever think we'd say that they miss Cam Dantzler? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's <laughs> been pretty good. Season. But they do miss Cam Dantzler. The way he was playing earlier this season made the obviously the game-saving play against the Bears. I never thought I'd say it, but he's a guy that, that they need to get back, and, and they hope he's ready for the Detroit game three games down the road when he can return. Evans, I think, is important to come back. Booth with that knee, I think he's a guy that's just going to be kind of nicked a lot. He was nicked a lot in college. It looks like he's going to be kind of a a hard guy to keep healthy. So Duke Shelley, is he going to come in there and start? Wow, that that would be a, a little bit scary too, even though he made a big play against Buffalo. So the corner situation is definitely a concern going into this game as is the left tackle spot. Yep, it's going to be interesting. Uh, It's fun to have football on the TV on Thanksgiving. Everybody enjoy your long weekend, uh, and we will be back next week to start setting up that Jets game. Jets are in an interesting situation as well. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com, and we'll talk to you soon.